are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. It is in times like these that we really reach for peace. The level of uncertainty and insecurity in our world is off the charts. The RPMs are revving very high on just the unsettling and the shaking that seems to be going on around us. And we cling and we look for ways to find this sense of being settled, this sense of security, this sense of peace. I would just add here that I'm very thankful for everyone who is trying to speak peace into our world, and that includes our government officials who are working tirelessly and our medical personnel and first responders and different ones who are trying to provide a sense of stability in a very unstable environment, and I appreciate their work. But it's one of those times where we're just unsettled. We brace for every morning when we wake up what's going to change in our world, what is going to be different about this day than the last day. And many concerned for their jobs or concerned about their work or how they're going to get through certain elements of their life. And everything seems to be unsettled. Now, not to be too light on things, but as a parent of three girls, I long for peace many, many days. It's like refereeing a game with three teams playing at the same time. And if that isn't enough... Three teams competing, they all have different rules to the game. It's chaos. And some of you are experiencing that at home right now. Your kids are all over the place. They're asking for things. It's just awful. And I remember one time I was trying to mediate a situation. I I use air quotes there, mediate a situation. And... All three of the girls had a different story of what actually happened. And so I did what all good parents do when these kind of situations come up. I sent them to their room. Because we all know that sending kids to their room is what parents do when they have given up trying. And boy, has this new working and living environment tested us with our kids. I read somewhere, I think Priscilla DePaz might have posted it, I thought it was great, we're bringing back prayer and spanking to the schools. No, we, we aren't encouraging part of that. Some of it we do. Prayer. All right, so that's awkward. But 
we know that these are very trying times, very difficult times that we're living in and, and our situations have just been catapulted into chaos. And I'm reminded of what Kristen's grandfather said when her and her three sisters would be fighting in the car. He would say, fight you devils, I hate peace. Sometimes we probably should say that to our kids to, to help us calm down a little bit. But peace can be elusive, and peace is fickle, and peace is erratic, yet it's one of those often sought feelings, one of the most sought feelings in the world. We search for peace, the things that we will do to arrive at peace. Years ago, I read a, a story about a woman She was a beauty queen in Virginia in the mid-1900s, and shortly after her uh, successor, uh, or after the crowning of her successor, she drove uh, 250 miles to exact revenge on her ex-boyfriend. And I won't go into the details of the story, but needless to say, she was ready to go, and it was going to be a violent encounter. And what she didn't anticipate was that he would be prepared, and through a struggle, he was able to survive the incident. But when she was questioned on what had driven her to seek revenge in this way, it was because she needed inner peace, inner peace. Obviously, this is an extreme example of seeking peace. But how many of you have ever sought peace? You sought peace in maybe an educational path. You sought peace in a job choice. You sought stability by getting rid of the dog. And then you sought peace by getting a new dog. You sought peace by moving away. You sought peace by coming home. You sought peace by hanging out with certain friends. You sought peace by being alone. You sought peace with a song. You sought peace with an activity, a hobby. You sought peace with some workout routine. You sought peace with a diet. You sought peace with a bowl of ice cream. You sought peace with a purchase, and you sought peace with saving your money. You sought peace with a drug, a drink, a cigarette. You sought peace by breaking off a relationship. You sought peace by getting into a relationship. Seeking stability, seeking some way to steady the the feeling of chaos and a sense of motion sickness that we have. The problem is that peace is elusive. The peace we seek many times comes from external circumstances. We are obsessed with pleasure. We are obsessed with things that will bring us tranquility and serenity, but it keeps fading. 
and it keeps changing. So we have to keep searching. We have to have the right song. We have to have the right environment. We have to have the right weather, the right house, the right car, the right clothes, the right stuff. Or we don't have this sense of balance and this sense of peace. We feel unsettled in some ways out of control. And really, our ability, our own ability to manufacture or come up with peace is limited. It's limited because we're a fallen human. We have techniques to try and create it. We have things that we do to try to produce some peace in our life. We do all kinds of things to settle everything. But many times we wake up and we realize that didn't solve the issue. Now I'm reminded of what Jesus said in John chapter 14, 27. I would encourage you to write this verse down this week. But Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. The world attempts to give us peace, and I'm thankful for those who are working hard to provide some sense of stability for us. But Jesus comes into the world and he says, I'm going to not just bring peace into the world in this moment. I'm not just coming into a certain time period and I'm going to show up with peace. But I'm thankful he said, peace, I'm going to leave with you. When I leave this world, when I resurrect and I ascend into heaven... I'm not leaving you back to the world to create peace for you, but in fact, I'm going to leave it with you. He said, my peace, I'm actually going to give you. See, in Jesus' day, to say peace to someone was considered a form of courtesy, and it was a form of goodbye. It was to say shalom, peace. And in some ways it said, I I hope things work out good for you. And what a blessing it is to say that to somebody, to say peace, shalom. But Jesus said, I'm not just saying shalom, I hope that it works out for you. He said, shalom, I'm going to be this peace with you. I'm going to leave it with you so that when you leave my presence, that peace is going to abide. Peace I give to you. And he says, not as the world gives, not with just a simple greeting as we are about to go our separate ways. I'm actually going to leave peace with you and I will give you my peace. He was saying, you are used to living in a world where peace comes from the external. 
where the world attempts to provide things from an external nature that give you this sense of peace. So I have a job. So I have clothes. So I have friendship. So I have these things that are on the outside that bring some inner peace to me. But Jesus said, no, I'm actually going to bring you a peace that starts on the inside and affects the external. We reach for so many things on the outside to bring us peace. But what I felt to share with us this morning is the peace that we are all seeking. And I include myself in that. I, I, I need the peace of God every day. I wake up every day wondering what's going to be different, what's going to change in my family, what's going to change in my environment. But I know that I can't just allow the external circumstances to provide my peace. I'm not just going to allow my bank account to provide my peace or my sense of normalcy to provide my peace. But I believe Jesus is saying that he has a peace for us that's going to come on the inside and manifest itself on the outside. That's why Paul would tell us, and and we've quoted this verse, and we did a series on this, but I want to come back to it because it's where we're living today today. He said to the Philippian church, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. That's a a pretty difficult thing to say, but he knew who he was writing to, a church that was being persecuted, a church that was struggling. He said, be anxious for nothing. Don't let the external circumstances of your life dictate how you are responding to life. He said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Speak something from from your mouth that says, I'm going to trust you, Lord, in the midst of this turmoil, in the midst of these waves and, and the things that are tossing me back and forth. I'm going to take it to prayer because he is the one that can, can sustain me. And so Paul said, he said with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what happens, he said, and the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. You see, we only have external circumstances to understand what's really going on. We're tuning in at 2.30 every day to hear what the governor says or what the president says or what a health person says. But I'm telling you, we need to tune in to what God is saying. He's saying that I have come to bring peace to you that surpasses everything that you're hearing. And he said, I will guard, I will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ will literally, if we will invite him in through prayer and supplication, if we will acknowledge him first, he will guard our hearts against those external circumstances that are pushing against us every day. And like driving and coming up on the back of a semi and you're coming up behind it, that is understanding. That semi truck is understanding. It says that there's pain in front of me. It says that there's trouble in front of me. It says there's distress and stress and mess in front of me. But there's a car, the driving, the car that you're driving in is called peace and it's peace that passes understanding. It goes in front of it that says, you know what? I don't know how it's all going to 
going to work out, but I'm going to take it to prayer. I'm going to take it to my God who is a God of peace. Philippians chapter four, he continued, he said, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these. He says, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will will be with you. That's what I absolutely believe today, that the God of peace will be with us. And so he says that I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. But he says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned In whatever state I am, to be content. Whether I'm in Indiana, Kentucky, or Ohio, or California, or New York, whatever state, I'm using that wrong, I know that. Whatever state, whatever situation that I'm in, whatever restrictions I'm in, whatever happens on my job, whatever happens in my family, whatever happens to my body. He said, I've learned to be content. He said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. My external circumstances don't dictate whether the God of peace can be present in my life. Those outside things don't get to determine whether or not I walk in peace. But he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see, peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is just the confidence in the outcome. It's just the confidence that, you know what, God really does have it. He really does have the world in the palm of his hand, and he really does have this church in the palm of his hand, and he has your family in the palm of his hand. The word peace comes from a Greek word that literally means to bind together. And so when Paul wrote to the Ephesians, he wrote that they would endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said, and having our feet shod or bound with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that we need to bring peace so near to us, not a peace that has been brought by external circumstances, but a peace that only comes from Jesus Christ. If there are things in your life, if there are things that are happening in your heart that are keeping you from bringing Christ near, I encourage you to let those things go. Today, Christ wants to come very near to you in your home, wherever you are. Christ wants to show up in a very profound way. He wants to baptize you with his power and his spirit today. And that's why Jesus would say in Matthew 11, 
Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. You're wearing something that's external, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is life. Christ is wanting to attach himself to you. He wants to be bound to you today. Wherever you are, whatever you're facing, God wants to be near to you. And what we realize today is that peace is not an event. It's not a passing feeling that I receive if all the circumstances line up, but peace is a person. Peace is Jesus Christ. That's why Isaiah 9 would tell us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. His peace wants to be present in your every day. And so when Christ came to the earth, that prince of peace came to the earth. He told them, I'm going to bring you a peace. He said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all things I said to you. But he said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. What was he saying? He was saying that the Holy Spirit was going to come. It was going to be the Spirit of God that would come not to change your external circumstances but to change your inner man and fill you with his spirit so you could have peace he said peace I'm going to live with you even though I'm going to ascend into a place you can't see me he said peace I'm going to leave with you and if you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit I rise up to tell you today that that spirit that you received is meant to give you peace every day. Yeah, circumstances change. Yeah, things are tough, but I'm telling you the spirit is in your life to do amazing thing and bring you peace. He said, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give it to you through the power of the Spirit. And if you're wrestling today and you are uncertain about the days that are ahead and you're struggling and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you today, right where you are, right now in your room, if you lift your hands, I guarantee you that God's Spirit will come into your life and you can experience a peace that really does pass understanding. Oh, hallelujah, I want to pray for you, Lord, right now. Everywhere we're listening, everywhere we're watching, God, your power is manifested. Your spirit is manifested, God. I'm praying right now that people would feel the security of your love today. They would feel the security of your spirit and your power in a way that they haven't felt in a long time or maybe they've never felt before. God, those with tears streaming down their face right now, I pray you would secure their hearts. They 
they would feel the peace of God. I pray for those, Lord, who are facing, God, troubling times on their job. They're facing troubling times in their relationships. God, this world has changed so much. But, Lord, you're wanting to provide stability. You're wanting to provide for them, God, a platform where they can stand and be secure in you. I pray we would receive your peace today. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus would be in a boat with some disciples on the Sea of Galilee. And the windstorm swirls around them, and the wind is knocking their boat. They're on the deck scrambling, trying to fix the sail. Throw out the water. They're scrambling around trying to find peace in the middle of a storm. They're trying to change the external circumstances to somehow make this better. But the storm keeps coming. Matthew says, while they're fearful of the storm, Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow. Peace was in the bottom of the boat. Peace wasn't found because the storm changed. Peace wasn't found because all of a sudden they found dry ground. No, peace was found because peace was a person. And they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And we feel that way sometimes. God, you don't hear our prayers, you don't understand what's going on. But Jesus rose up and he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace. 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 Be still, see, because peace is present. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Challenged them about their faith. He challenged them because he understood that they would never be able to find peace without faith. They would never be able to really find that security they were looking for unless they put their faith in Jesus Christ. You will not find the peace you are looking for without Jesus Christ. During this COVID and epidemic and this quarantine that's going on, I have often wondered what Bishop Norman Pasley II would think of all this. I don't think he would have been a big fan of being stuck in a house. And I'm reminded... As we go into this week, as we prepare for the second anniversary of his passing and his birthday this week, been thinking about what would he think, what would he say. And I, last week, was just reminded, we have it hanging in our house, his last communication to the Calvary Church. It was dictated by Kristen from his hospital room in St. Vincent in Indianapolis because he was physically unable to type it out himself. So today I read this 
because I think this is what he would tell us today. He said in Mark on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was and other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on the cushion and they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? But he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. The winds and ceased and there was a great calm and he said, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled, filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. And Bishop Pasley said, as a boy, my dad had me memorize the core of this passage. The portion that stood out to me was the exclamation, peace be still. I was not confused at the use of the word in this setting. He said, I personally translated the phrase as, please be still. It made sense because please is the magic word. Over time, I've realized that, in fact, storms to God are really just peace waiting for his touch. What must not be lost in this miracle is the severity of the storm that the Gospel of Mark records. The Sea of Galilee was known for its sudden and deadly storms. And in reality, the term great could be translated seismic. These lifetime veterans of the sea realized they were in mortal danger. In the midst of this, Jesus was asleep. What freaks us out is an environment in which Jesus is not rattled, alarmed, desperate, or shaken. We, in fact, can feel like those disciples in that we did not know how we would survive or how we would make it. We finally reach out to the Lord in the midst of our emotional freefall. We cry out to Jesus for help. Reality is, he has always been in the boat, but we react in ourselves before reaching out to the Almighty One. It is a tragic truth, he says, that often we turn to him after we have turned to the storm. Seeing the storm without Jesus is overwhelming and terrifying. As it was in Mark chapter 4, so it is with us. Jesus stood and rebuked the storm and declared peace in the very face of our circumstance. These events in our lives have critically reshaped how we face these challenges. He said our mistake is that we look at the storm before we look at the Lord. We assess the danger. We calculate the impending devastation. Our emotions are torn and we are terrified. May the Lord help us moving forward, he says, as we face storms to realize Jesus is in the boat. He is still the mighty one. And he concludes this by saying, he is still the mighty one who looks at the storm and declares peace be still. Peace be still. You have peace today. You have peace that passes understanding. What I realize in my own life in the last several weeks and even the last 24 hours, the only hope 
we have today for real peace is in Jesus Christ. And if you have not made your decision to serve Jesus Christ with everything you have, you are going to be left to the storms of life in whatever they dictate. And so I feel compelled today to pray for us. To encourage some of you right where you're at to worship the God of peace, to invite the God of peace to come in to your life that's been so tossed to and fro and up and down. And so, as I conclude today, I'm going to invite you to pray. Pray that God would have his way in your heart. That the Prince of Peace could be born in you. He could be ever present, not only in your heart, but in your families and in your community. You see, when the storm came to the disciples, what's kind of lost in all of that is Jesus' boat wasn't the only boat on the water. But Mark chapter 4, verse 36 says that when they left the multitude, they took him, Jesus, along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. There were other boats that were connected. There were other boats that were a part of this process. And when Jesus spoke peace to help those disciples, that peace did not stop with the disciples. It had literally ripple effects. It had ripple effects to other people who were in boats. And I'm telling you, what our world needs is a church to rise up with peace in your heart to say God is able to walk us through this. God is able to be with us. I don't know how. I don't know how it's all going to work, but I'm telling you today, God is in our boat. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I want to pray for you today. I invite you to stand where you're at or I invite you to kneel at your couch or wherever you are. I invite you to lift your hands to a God. I invite you to pray with somebody in the room with you that the God of peace would be present in our lives. Jesus, right now, Lord, we come to you sincerely. We come to you today because, Lord, there are times we don't have the faith we need. There are times that we are desperate, Lord. There are times we don't understand. But, God, you are right there with us. You've never left the boat. And you, as the God of peace, are present to bring peace to the storm. Oh, God, I'm praying for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray, oh, God, that you would speak to them, Lord, today. You would encourage them. You would lift them, Lord. Transform their life today. I pray somebody would repent of their sins today and say, God, I surrender my life to you. I pray that somebody would make the decision to be baptized and say, God, I need your name. I need the name of this Prince of Peace on my life. I pray, God, somebody would be baptized with the power of the spirit today oh god hear their prayer right now hear their prayer right now hear their prayer right now oh hallelujah hallelujah hallelujah
This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.